Welcome to the Sports Field Management Podcast. I'm your host, John Kamita, Associate Publisher and Editorial Brand Director of Sports Field Management Magazine. This edition of the Sports Field Management Podcast is an excerpt of my interview with Dr. Grady Miller, Professor and Extension Specialist at North Carolina State University. Dr. Miller is also Director of the Center for Turfgrass Environmental Research and Education. He is a regular contributor to Sports Field Management Magazine, and his publication record includes four books, 97 research journal articles, more than 100 extension publications, and nearly 500 trade articles. Dr. Miller was the 2008 recipient of the Dr. William H. Daniel Founders Award from the Sports Turf Managers Association. Um, Well, I guess we'll start off. um, I guess we'll begin at the beginning. If you could give me a little bit about yourself and where you're originally from and kind of your overall background. Sure. Um, So I lived the first, well, until I finished high school in the same house, the same people. Uh, My parents uh, live in a very small town in rural western central Louisiana. Okay. A town by the name of Florine, F-L-O-R-I-E-N. Grew up on a kind of, I guess today we would call it maybe a hobby farm, but it, it was a major source of income for, for my father, uh, cattle farm. Mm-hmm. So I grew up around uh, Cold Herefords and Brangus cattle and hauling hay, you know, uh, during the summer times. Um, that's kind of probably gave me my early start in agriculture, but the town I grew up in, town of about 600 people. K through 12, same schoolhouse, uh, hmm. believe it or not. Um, but yeah, from there, I you know, went to school at Louisiana Tech, which is a kind of a mid-sized state school and majored in agriculture. Um, you don't have a lot of role models when you grow up in a very small rural area. So sure. my role models were probably teachers and my father and things like that. So I just hmm. didn't you know, today's kids in urban areas get to see a lot of uh, diversity and potential careers and things like that. So, sure. so I did not have that necessarily. I'm, I'm a first-generation college graduate in my family. Um, and then went to school at uh, LSU. Actually, I worked in between my BS and my master's, but later went to school at LSU and then Auburn. And then on finishing my PhD at Auburn, started my career, my professional career uh, at University of Florida uh, in Gainesville, uh, the main campus, and spent uh, almost 12 years uh, there uh, as a faculty member going from assistant to associate to full professor, and then moved to North Carolina in 2006, where I've now been year what almost 15 years Mm -hmm. um, 15 years I guess this year so that's kind of my my start from growing up maybe where I'm at now so to speak with some more details can be added sure now when you were when you were growing up and when you first got to college were you looking more toward an agricultural career before falling into turf grass or did you always have an eye on the turf grass industry or how did that how did that interest and passion come about yeah, well, that's that's kind of a, a bounce around path. Certainly, my initial interest uh, was not turf. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a little bit more about my discipline, how I got to where I'm at today. Uh, like I said, I grew up contract hay work in the summer. So, 
every day I was doing something associated with forages, with hay. Mm -hmm. And of course, having cattle, feeding cattle uh, was a big deal uh, in my life. So not knowing really what I wanted to do in school, I thought agriculture is kind of what I knew. In the area I grew up in, forestry was big. Obviously, animals uh, grew up mowing yards like a lot of other kids, sure. uh, with grandparents nearby. So when I got to school, I took classes in all of those. I took animal science, forestry, general ag, agronomy, et cetera. So um, that, that degree offered me, I thought, kind of a plan A and a plan B. I figured I could teach school, teach ag, maybe biology or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or I could go into the industry some other way, which I didn't really know what that would be. Um, so when I graduated, actually, my junior year, I took a uh, summer intern with an ag chemical company. And that opened up a lot of, in my mind, opportunities and my eyes on what was available. So uh, I took that that three months, worked in uh, Mississippi Delta, you know, for Roman Hobbs, which is an ag chemical company at that time. And then when I graduated, they offered me a job, basically kind of a technician type job. Mm -hmm. So the following year, you know, I started the job with, with, with Roman Haas. And, you know, at that point, I was kind of adapted doing the research aspect, but you don't get a lot of experience at a smaller school seeing research. So that kind of opened those doors. And about the same time, Roman Haas was looking at uh, selling their ag chemical division. So they ended up closing our research farm. Mm. So I was already thinking I was going to go back to school anyway. So LSU offered me a position and having that background in, in uh, forages growing up, uh, I took a position with a forage professor at LSU. Mm -hmm. So that got me to studying grasses, obviously. Sure. Obviously grasses that would be either clipped with a hay cutter or mowed from a mouth of an animal, but it was still grasses. and. Ironically, how things worked, uh, my major professor left before I finished. In the meantime, I'm kind of looking around, what am I going to do next? And uh, met a few or a couple of graduate students that work in turf, uh, worked in turf, decided to take a turf grass course with at that time, Jack Fry was at LSU. Jack has been in Kansas State for many years uh, since his two year stint at LSU. Uh, but really got, got my interest going uh, for opportunities in turf. So at the end of my master's, before I started my PhD, I decided this, this is a lot more interesting to me than forages. Mm -hmm. Interesting about agriculture, traditional ag crops, and turf grass is I realized uh, I could do great research in forages or in agronomy and do an extension talk and there was no money to make change based on my research. I mean, they just, sure. Hey, that sounds great. We're not going to do that. <laughs> and I would go to meetings in turf and it's like, wow, we can do that. Let's do it. There was money. There was yeah. opportunities to make change. I thought, wow, I can actually do something people will listen <laughs> to and maybe follow. So it was really kind of a paradigm shift and, sure. uh, and how they handle the extension component and expectations. So 
So Jack introduced me to my major professor at a meeting. Uh, he was Ray Dickens at Auburn, an older faculty retired about the same time I finished. And uh, I was his last graduate student. So went to Auburn and started doing turf grass research and immersing myself in that segment of agronomy. Um, and I never looked back, you know, since then. So no, I did not maybe traditional. I know you did uh, Trey Rogers started out yeah. in turf and interested in golf. And so my, my background came through agriculture, agronomy, and just kind of landed in turf mm -hmm. over time. If that makes sense. Um, one thing I was going to ask you, um, in your current role, um, how much how much of your current role is research? How much is teaching? If you could give me a breakdown on kind of your current role and kind of what you see as your typical day or year. And I know most people answer that question saying there's no typical and that's that's a great thing. But if, if you could kind of give me a little bit of a overview of, of how you would summarize. Yeah. And it, it is interesting. I, I... And someone made this comment to me not long ago, you sort of had two academic careers, which is true. When I was at Florida, I was hired as a 70% uh, teaching, 30% research. And that's what I did for the last first 12 years. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was hired at NC State, uh, I was filling a, an extension person's position. Uh, so we started out 50% uh, extension, they wanted me to teach and also I need to do a research. So it's kind of 50% teaching, 25 extension, 25. Uh, let me go back, make sure I said that right. 50% extension and then 25 of the other two teaching and research. Mm -hmm. uh, so I remember back at Florida, three-way splits were like no one had them and they were the curse. And sure. Even here, a lot of people say ah, that's awful to have all three responsibility mm -hmm. but to be honest i think it's great um I, I knew i could teach and enjoy interacting with students but when you get into extension you're largely teaching and interacting with adults more because sure. you're in the industry band uh, and you're doing extension programs rather than teaching in a classroom and, and doing research you stay current and extension you stay current so I think they really can all three complement each other if you can figure out how to balance the time and the energy mm -hmm. associated with each because they are a little bit different. So because I have three way appointments, as you might imagine, you can get pulled in different directions. And sure. I've tried to push all of my teaching into one semester a year. So that mm -hmm. has really helped. And I started out teaching two, and it's like if we can I, if I can switch a class to the other semester is going to really help me so so i did that and uh so in the fall i teach but i don't teach any other semester and that that helps um research and extension is 12 months out of the year every 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 day it seems like uh, depending upon what your research activities are and, and what kind of extension programs you're planning or get asked to get pulled into and problems problem solving as well um so a typical day like yesterday i spent the entire day uh getting ready to, to get a trial out and, and doing a kind of a research function today i've spent all morning writing a report to to honor my my research function and in the meantime i've taken 
emails and a couple of phone calls, you know, sure. extension function. So, you know, even during the day, you kind of have to juggle some of the responsibilities, mm -hmm. uh, what they may be. So, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, in terms of your, um, in terms of your teaching, um, how many courses are you teaching, and are they all graduate courses at this point, or? Yeah, I've, uh, I've, that's changed since I've been here the last 15 years. And, and currently, I'm only teaching a graduate course, which is a teaching as a research methods course, okay. a lot of analysis, experimental design, uh, but just helping uh, students figure out how to get research, how to accomplish research properly. Uh, sure. We do a lot of analysis. Um, I can see in the future because of a retirement uh, next year at the earliest or the following year, I will be back into an undergraduate class uh, okay. of retirement. And I, I did one for probably my first eight or nine years here. I taught an undergraduate class. So it's as people have retired, I, I tend to be the one that gets slidden back into a, you know, that role as well. So. Sure. But I, you know, compared to Florida, where I was teaching four or five classes a year, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very different here. Only doing one or two. So sure. Yeah, custom to that teaching. Now, on the, on the research side, can you give me a little bit of insight in terms of of your areas of research over the years and and kind of your primary focus? Yeah, and I I, I think I've been pretty blessed in many respects, like a lot of colleagues at different schools have been, is, is I've been able to selectively choose some of my topics. Um, I have colleagues that just do weed science or just do pathology, mm -hmm. and that's and they love doing that, but they, they tend to focus pretty narrowly. Uh, looking back at my career, uh, the range of topics I've had graduate students and research on is, is quite varied. Uh, Currently, most of my projects are associated with uh, new grass introductions. So we're testing and evaluating grasses, both uh, cultivars on the market, as well as we have a plant breeder here, turf grass breeder. I test uh, germplasm for them that may or may not be released uh, mm -hmm. at some point in the future. So, but new germplasm introductions, we do quite a bit with in my program. Uh, done quite a bit of irrigation and water management uh, over the years, several students and several large projects on water management. Um, there was a time in my career, kind of as towards the end of my Florida days, I was doing a lot of work on athletic field um, hardness and spatial analysis of athletic fields and some of the early kind of pre-GPS work that a number of people have taken some of my old work and applied it with GPS technology today. So it's kind of interesting to see some of my papers referenced in the modern context. <laughs> they were not taken very modernly back in the day. Um, but let's see, what else did we do? You know, I mean, that, those are big areas right now, but I've done a lot of areas of soil amendments, uh, paints and colorants. Uh, I'm pretty sure we've done more work on athletic field paints and pigments and colorants than anybody in the country, maybe in the world, uh, over the last 10 years. Uh, so that was a big area for a while. I haven't done as much recently. 
So those are probably the primary area. A lot of just general terraculture, nutrition, uh, establishment, mowing. We've done mower testing and cut quality testing and things like that. So, mm-hmm. And not only just sports turf, but home lawns, golf course greens. You know, we, we've covered, and, and right now I have a really big project with DOT. So we're doing roadside turf grasses and trying to figure out better ways to establish certain grasses on roadsides. Sure. So it'd be more economical for them. Now, um, in terms of the extension work, can you give me a little bit of an insight into what's involved on the extension side of of your role? Uh, Yes. So extension here, uh, it's kind of two parts. one is certainly extending our research information to the end user. And that could be anybody from a homeowner that has a lawn to a DOT vegetation management specialist to a you know, sports turf manager. Sure. So just taking my own research and even sometimes my colleagues' research and repackaging it either through a talk or through a publication, mm-hmm. uh, a web posting, you know, whatever it might be, and getting that information to them. Uh, along the same lines is we also want to train county level extension people so they can help on a local area. So I do a number of agent trainings um, throughout the state and bringing people into different areas just so they can do the same thing using our information or our expertise uh, to help on more of a local area. Mm-hmm. So, so trainings and repackaging information, research-based, or even just general knowledge information is a big part. Sure. I would say the other half or the other part of that is helping people solve problems. So mm-hmm. they have an issue on their field and they can't figure it out. What's the next step? Mm-hmm. And the next step might be going to a county or it might be coming directly to us. And it usually is us. Um, help figure out why that turf died or we're out or what's the best product to use or you know, how, how do we set up an irrigation system, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's more on a one-on-one or small group type problem solving exercise. Sure. Excellent. Is there, is there anything I might not have touched on that you'd like to, to cover as part of the profile or? Uh, I mean, not that I can think of, certainly, you know, you, you've interacted with other faculty. I think there's a lot of similarities with a lot of turf faculty, sure. uh, you know, either, either came into it from turf or kind of sideways like I did, but it's, uh, you know, we're an interesting group, I think. And a lot of people don't probably don't understand what we do on a day-to-day basis sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, even our students sometimes say, oh, what are you doing this summer? <laughs> that I'm, I got the next three months yeah. off. And it's like, you don't realize how busy summer is. Yep. Like some of the busiest times of the year. And, and even my parents, I'm sure, I don't think they understand sometimes what I do sure. for a living, so to speak. Uh, so we are a misunderstood group <laughs> in many cases outside of work. Because undergraduates in particular, they see you in the classroom. They don't always see you. Um, out and about every right. day. Uh, graduate students are a little different because they end up living our lifestyle somewhat like what we do. But yeah, it is an interesting profession. And, uh, you know, I knew as an undergraduate pretty quickly that it'd be something 
that I would enjoy for mm -hmm. years. And being around students keeps you young to some certain extent too. Yeah. Uh, you know, understanding what they're doing and going through. Uh, it's, 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 it's an interesting life, so to speak. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Sports Field Management Podcast. For our full interview with Dr. Miller, please see the August 2021 issue of Sports Field Management Magazine. And for additional podcasts, news, feature stories, and more, visit sportsfieldmanagementonline.com.